0: We begin today at the top of Daf Lamed Aleph, the first line of the page. The Gemariah continues to discuss the shirah that they sang by the Karbonis. In the Mishnah, we spoke about the shirah of uh, Shoshana when the Aden came late and it uh, messed them up. They didn't say the right shirah. So the Gemariah goes through the shirah that they would say every morning in the Beis Mikdash by the Karbonit. Tanya <laughs> learn said in the name of Barisha in and the first day on Sunday, what would they say for the shira? Lashem ha'aretz that the Abishta created the entire world. We say this shira, of course, every uh, now on Sunday, Monday, and so on. So the Gemariah will explain everything. Why did Why did they say everything on that day? So what's the union of Lashem ha'aretz Al Alshem shekona. The hikna, the shalit by lomai. acquires his whole world. Eibusha created the world and it's his. And the hikna means he sells it. He gives it to the people to live in it. And the Eibusha was shalit by lomai. He ruled in the world then because Eibusha the was alone. As Rashi says, the malachim were not created until the second day of creation. The greatness of the Elisha. Why are we speaking about the Ebishter's greatness? Because then the Elisha divided what he created. What happened on the second day of creation, the Elisha divided the al and Tahtainim, the Rekiyah and then what's below. So this shows the greatness of the Ebishter. The elevated. gets elevated. And the Elisha is king on them. On the third day, what uh, would they say? That the Ebishtar is standing amongst the congregation. What is this? Why a congregation? The Ebishtar reveals with his wisdom, he creates the dry land, and he creates the, the whole world for the Eden to come and, uh, and be in the world to be able to serve the e-bishter. But what would we say what did they say on the, on Wednesday Hashem, <laughs> that the elohim is a god that takes revenge why alshim shabara the E-Bishter created the sun and the moon on this day and vasad lipara the elohim is going to punish and take revenge of those that serve the sun and the moon <laughs> on Thursday they would say haninu <laughs> that we should sing we should sing to the elohim the strong god al The Eibusha created on Thursday the fish and the birds. Rashi explains means this causes people to praise Hashem when people see all these beautiful birds and all these beautiful fish that the E-bushche creates. So this brings praise for the Eibusha. On, on Friday they would say Hashem Malach, geus lavish. The Melucha, the kingdom of the Eibushter. Why the kingdom? the Eibushter completed his work of creating the world, umala and the was king upon everybody. On the seventh day, on Shabbos, what would they say? And this is a song for the Eibushter, referring to the day that's that's going to be all Shabbos. So this refers to La Asad Lavei, La Asad Lavey, when the world will be completely changed, as we'll see soon in the Gemara. The Gemara says that the, in the seventh millennium it will be tchat haruv, the world. Literally, it means that the world will be destroyed and cease to exist. And this will be a day that will be all Shabbos. So this goes on La Asad Lavey, when that happens. So the Gemara, So this is the first opinion here. Amrav Nechemya. So Abne says about this. Why did Chachamim make a difference between these different songs that they sang in the days? What he's he's referring to is, on the six days of the week, the song that is being said is all speaking about the past, speaking about what happened in the six days of creation. When it comes to Shabbos, the song is being said about the future, what's going to happen after Mashiach comes or after by the seventh millennium. Why are we making that distinction? On Shabbos, the song should also be about the past. So therefore he goes through the same thing again and he just changes regarding Shabbos. Elo so it's, it's a repetition of the same thing. So I'm not going to translate it again. So this is all the same. Now Bishvi, what's on Shabbos? Alshem sheshavas. On Shabbos, they would say "Mizma Shiliyayim not about the future, but about the past. That this was the day that to rested on Shabbos after he created the world. So the Gemara now explains what's the basis of this argument here between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Nachemya. The Gemara, the Kamifligi Katina. What they're really arguing about is something that Rav Katina said. The Rav Katina. said, Shani Hava The world exists for six thousand years. And then, v'chad, charuv. Then comes the seventh millennium, and then the world becomes charuv, destroyed. Shenemar, the Apostlech says, Viniska Hashem Lovadoy bayoy Then on that day, referring to the seventh millennium, the Ebesher will be elevated, and the world will cease to exist. That's one opinion. Omar Abaye, Abaye says, or another girsut in the Gemara here is, that it's Abaye Omar. Today, charuv. That there's going to be two not 1,000 years that the world will be Charov, but it will be 2,000 years, 2, years that the world will be uh, Charov. Shneema Yechayenu Miyoimayim. The Apostle Kedir is also on an the Vua on Laosad Lovayim, and it says Yechayenu miyimayim. so by the Eivishter, each day is like 1,000 years, so the two days refers to these 2,000 years that the world will be destroyed. So what's the connection to what we spoke about before? So according to the opinion that says that Mizmashil Yemesh Shabbos goes on the Lovayim, so he held that there's only 1,000 years that the world will be then charov and therefore that's what the Mizmashil Yoyim HaShabbos, Yoyim is one day, by the Ebishter, that one day is 1,000 years, so that's what it goes on. But according to Rab Nechemia, no, Mizmashil Yoyim HaShabbos goes on the past, it goes on the fact that the E-bishter rested when he created the world, but it does not go on the future, because in the future it's not going to be Yoyim HaShabbos, it's not going to be one day, it's going to be two days, which for the Avishter is 2,000 years, so therefore it can't go on that. No, so Chizkida speaks about this concept of Charov, Chatcharov, Trecharov. The Altarebbe alludes to this in Tanya also. Tanya Perik Lamad vav, in the Hagod There, the Altarebbe brings this concept of Charov. Does not mean that the world is going to be destroyed. It means that the world will be elevated and will exist in a, a much higher way. It will exist in a way that the Eishah will be completely revealed in the world. And the world will not, in that sense, the world will not be a mitzvah anymore because the Ebishtah is so revealed here. And the Alte Rebbe there says that the Iker HaSchar, the main schar for Yidon, for Teir Mitzvahs, is going to be in this time of Chatharov or Trecharov. And there's a, there's a sikhah from the Rebbe, in Chelek Zion, Parashas B'chokoisah, the first sikhah. The Rebbe explains this, just one point the Rebbe says there, the difference between Chatharov and Trecharov is, Chatharov means that the world is going to return to the situation that it was in before khatait sadas when the world was created perfect like agan eden today Haruv means not only is the world going to return to the way it was then by khatait sadas it's going to be elevated even higher than it was before khatait sadas so according to this, the Rabbi explains beautifully what the Gemara says there and how it's connected to what it said before. Rabbi Yehuda that says that we're saying, Mizma liyeim ha And it goes on the future. True, it does go on the future, but it really goes also on the past. Because according to his opinion, the future of Chatharov is really bringing it back to the situation that it was in the past before Chatei Adas, where the world was perfect. So the, the, the Shir Lhasa Laveh, goes in the past also. But on the other hand, the Rav comes and says, no, in the future the world is not just going to come to a level that was like before Chetet Sadas, it's going to be elevated much higher. So therefore, the Shir in the Beis HaMikdash, which is only talking about the past, refers to when the Elisha created the world. Lashat Laveh, we're going to go much higher than that, that's why there's going to be another thousand years to get elevated even higher. The Gemara continues now regarding the Shir that they said in the Beis HaMikdash on Shabbos, Musaf. What were they saying in the Beis Mikdash the song for the Musseh, for the carbon Musaf that they brought? They said Haziv Loch, which refers to the Shira of Hazinu. And the Shira of Hazinu is divided into six different sections, which, are hint, which is hinted in this Rasha of Haziv Loch, And Rashi over here brings the divisions of what the six... Parts are. You can look into Rashi. Rashi has it divided up. There's Hazinu, there's Zechariah and Mosaylam, and so on. Ashi divides it up. There's a few opinions how this is divided up. There's at least three or four opinions about this. Rashi divides it here one way, and then, then there's a Taisvis here, and then there's a Rambam, and then there's a lot of different ways how to divide this up. Kopanim, like it's the taking the Shira of Hazinu and dividing it up into six. V'amaravah, we'll see a moment in the Gemara. V'amaravchanan barava amarav. Just like it's divided over here into six. This is the same the way we divide it when we read it on Shabbos, Azinu, in Shul, and there's the six aliyah, so it's divided in the same way. This is by the carbon musif. Now, the question you asked about why we're talking about this Shira being divided into six, the Gemara is going to address in a moment. When it came to Mincha Shabbos, referring to the carbon Shal Bainar Bayim, so then what would they sing then? On Rabbi Yechenin. said, Oz they would sing Az Yashir, which is the Shira of Parshas Bshalach, and then micha Also, the conclusion there, the pasuk of Micha Meicha, till the end of the shirah, and az Yashir, and then they would sing the Az Yashir in Parshas Chukas, which is Az Yashir Yisrael Ali Beir Anula. Were, that's what they sang by the Milcha by the by the carbon talmud. So now the Gemara will explain here." So the question was asked about this. When we were speaking over here about the six different parts of Parshish Hazinu. Does this mean that they were all said, all six parts were said on one Shabbos? So Rashi explains, if you're going to say that they were all said on one Shabbos, so why does it say that it was divided into six parts? What that means is that they said it and they would divide it. They would have different songs for each part. Maybe they would use different musical instruments for each part, but it was all six said on one Shabbos. or perhaps, kol omrichat. Each one of the Shabbosim, they only said one of these six parts. And after, after six weeks, they came back to the beginning. So the Gemara says, come here. It says in this Brayse as follows. Tanya, it says, Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi said, Rabbi Yaisi was comparing... The song that they said on Shabbos by the Musif to the song that they said on Shabbos by the Thomas Talmud Shalbain Arbaim. And he said as follows When by, by the time that you came to the first Shirah, when he says Rishainah here, he's referring to the Shir of the Musif. By the time you come around to start the Shir of the Musif again from the beginning. The shear of the carbon Tommy Shalbain Arbaim, you're already starting a second time from the beginning. What does this mean? Because, as we said, the shear of the carbon Musaf uh, uh, is divided into six parts. The shear that they said by the Tommy Shalbain Arbaim is divided into three parts. So, what the Braissa is basically saying is they would only say one part every Shabbos. So, for the carbon Musaf, it took them six weeks. To go back to the beginning, but for the carbon tovich arba'im, it took them three weeks to go back to the beginning. So what he's saying is, by the time after six weeks, when you came back to the beginning for the carbon musif, you already came back to the beginning for the song of the carbon tovich arba'im a second time already. So what do you see from here? So shema mina kol shabbata So you see from here that every single Shabbos omrichat. They only said one part of the song. They didn't say all six parts. Shma'mi This proves the point. So about this Indian over here also, Haziv Loch. there's a very long Sikh from the Rebbe, Chelik Chavdalit, Parshas Azinu, and there the Rebbe asks a simple question, which Mefarshim speak about, that if they only said one part every single Shabbos, how could that be? If you look into the different parts of Azinu, some of the parts that we say here, that section of Azinu is just a techeche, it's mom is just rebuking Yidin, there's no song there, there's nothing positive there, it's just talking about the, the, the punishment, should rebukes and punishes Yidin. So how could that be a shira? And it Rebbe goes further and says, that's kind the reason why the Gemara had a Svara to say, that they would say all six parts together every single Shabbos. Because you can't really separate one separately and call it a Shira. But nevertheless, the Gemara's maskana is that they did divide it into six different Shabbos. But although they divided it into six different Shabbos, we, we give this to Rosh HaTavis of Haziv Loch, and it's considered to be one continuation. All six Shabbos made up one Shira. When you said the Shirah of one Shabbos, it was like a continuation from last week and it was a lead up to the following week. It's considered to be one long Hemshech because just to read each one separately, separated from the others, it would not be considered to be a shira. And then the, the Rebbe in the Sicha, you can look inside, very gishmak, the Rebbe explains how the six uh, uh, songs of Haziv Lach correspond to the six songs that they sang by the by the the six days of the week that we had before, all the six things that they say, the six days of the week, it corresponds to the six sections of Parsha Sazinu. And the Rebbe there goes through in the sikhah in detail to explain how they correspond to each other. It's very nice to take a look. Dzogta it, um, we'll be holding Bar, Idi So now this is coming back to the theme that we were speaking about regarding the Taanas of Rajechen and Benzakai after the Hormon of the base of Miktosh. So one of the things we mentioned before was that the Sanhedrin left the base of Mikdosh, and where did they come to? To Yavne. So here the Gemara is going to tell us they didn't come right away to Yavne. There was different places that they traveled. So he said as follows: Marsois, There are 10 different. Places that the Shekhinah traveled when it left the beis of mikdash and ultimately it completely left and the beis of mikdash was destroyed. And we learn this out, Mikroi, we learn it from Psukim, as the Gemara is going to bring. And corresponding to these 10 places that the Shekhinah traveled, golsa Sanhedrin. The this, this Sanhedrin also was exiled to ten different, loka- that, 10 different places. And this is something that's a tradition. We don't have any Pasuk for this, but we learn it from a tradition. So now the explains the ten places that the Shina traveled. Mikroya learned from Sukkim. So what are these ten places? Mikapayres, the first place the Shchinah was on top of the and the Kapayres, the cover of the Aron. From there it went lekrov. It went to a krov. This is not the kruvim that's on top of the kapayres, but in the time of the first base of Miktah Shlaima Melech built kruvim that were positioned on the ground. They were very t- tall kruvim, so the shechina left from the kapayres and it went to the kruv beside the kapayres, and then it went from one kruv that was on one side, um, it went to a- another kruv, right? As the Bachir adds, the kruv um, kruv le miftun. <coughs> Mikrov l'krov that is, it went from one krov to another krov. And then, um, From the krov, it went out into the threshold, going out of the Beis HaMiktosh. Um, from the threshold, the shechina traveled into the courtyard. Um, from the courtyard, the shechina traveled on top of the Mizbeyah. Um, from the Mizbeyah, it went to the roof of the Beis HaMiktosh. Um, from the roof, it went to the wall of the... Azara of the base of Mikdash. from the wall of the Azara it went to the city, which is Yerushalayim. from the city Yerushalayim lahar, it went to the mountain, referring to Har And from the mountain it went to the desert. Umi also And then from the desert the Shekhinah went back up to its place. Shanama al I will go up and return to my place. So, as Rashi here says, the Gemara is going to say also that reason why the Shechinah didn't leave immediately because Abisha didn't want to depart. And it was hard for Abisha to leave, and Abisha left, and he was waiting for the Eden to do tshuva. And the Eden didn't do Chuva, so ultimately the Shechinah went up. So now the Gemara brings the psukkin for this. So these first places that the Shechinah traveled, we see it in the Pasik. The Originally the Pasuk says, The Abishar tells Moshe from where do I speak to you? From above the Kapiris. And then in another Pasuk it says, The Abishar was riding; he went above the krov. So we see that they, the Shina moved to the krov. Vayoyf, and the Ebeshter flew up from there. Oksiv, the other pasach it says, O kveide Yisrael krov the glory got elevated from the krov, Ha-Shahoyah where he was, El-Mifton ha and he came to the threshold of the Beis ha And then, O-Mimifton le the moves from there into the courtyard, the chsiv, as the Pasik says, V'Yimale that the courtyard is filled with the glow of the glory of the Ebeshter. And then from the courtyard the shchinah moves to the Mizbeach. The the Pasik says that I see the Ebesher on the Mizbeach. And then from the Mizbeach the Ebesher moves up to the roof of the Beis HaMikdash. The Pasik says the Ebesher says it's better for me to sit in the corner of the rooftop <coughs> so there's a there that describes that Dabisha does not want to be in the base of Mikdosh because it's a place where the Eden are not serving him properly, so Dabishra moves up to the rooftop. And then Migag from the rooftop Dabisha the goes to the wall, the Khziv Al Sanoch, is on the wall. And then the from the from the wall to the city, the yikra. That the sound of the is in the city. And then um, from the city, the goes into the Harazayim, the Hsevayal Hashem, Me'al the gets elevated. From in the city, and the Abishah is on the mountain on Harazayim, which is at the Mizrach, east side of Yerushalayim. And then my Arla midbar from the from the mountain of Arzas and Ebesh goes into the desert. Tikhsev Tiveshaves by Arla's midbar and then the Ebesh says it's better for me to be here in the midbar, um midbar also with Yashva bim from the midbar the shinna goes up to its place. Tikhsev ele khshuv va um kaimi vegaimer. Ebesh says I'll go up to my place. So I'm Rabiyakhina. Rabiyakhina says shisha khadashim nesak kvas shinna leisro be midbar. When Ebesh was in the midbar there the Ebesh waited for 6 months. Shema Yachzru b'tshuva. He's waiting for the yidn to do tshuva. Kivin shalechazru when yidn did not do tshuva. Oma the to said tapechatzmon that the Yidden are lost. The, the, the yidn are will be destroyed. Shenema ve'enei reshoyim tochlena umanis avad and the 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 manis the savior is lost from them. Mapach Nefesh, that their hope will be lost, that they don't have any hope anymore, after Eden did not do tshuva, and that's when the Churban took place. So this is Benigeya to the Shechina, traveling out of the Beis Miktosh. Okay, Negdan to Sanhedrin, and corresponding to this, the Sanhedrin also was exiled in 10 places, Migimaret, this is a tradition we have, from the room of the Beis Miktash which was called Lishkas HaGozis, to an area in the Harabais that was called Chanos. It's like a shop they set up over there, a place, like a, a shop that they were in the, in the Harabais. and then from there, they went further out, in the city of Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim, they went to the Yavne. they went to the city of Yavne. from Yavne they went to Usho. So Rashi explains the various different places that the Gemara is going to say here, where the Sanhedrin went, they were following the Nasi, wherever the Nasi was, or the Nasi, or the son of the Nasi, wherever he was living, that's where the Sanhedrin followed. So they went from Yavne to Usha, and then from Miusha Usha le Yavne, back to Yavne, and Umi Yavne le Usha, then back to Usha again, Umi Usha le Shafarim. from Usha they went to Shafarim, and then from there, they went to Beis Sha'oram, Beis Sha'im Rashi brings over here as the place where Rabbi Rabbeinu HaKadosh was. Ome From there they went to Tzipayri, The final place where they came was to tveria U Amuka Mikulan. was the deepest, the lowest place from all of them. Shanamar, as the Possak says, Me Eretz he will go down, may in this low land. That's the lowest place that Eden came down to. So this is the first opinion here, that the Sanhedrin traveled 10 different places. Rabbaloza says that the Sanhedrin went to 6 different locations, not 10, but 6. Shemar, as the Pastic says, Ki heishach, Heishach means it fell down, they, they lowered down. Kirias again, Yeshvei Marim, those that were sitting on high. Kirion is Gava the city that was very high up. Yashpileno, it will be lowered down. Yashpilo ad Oretz, it's brought down to the ground. Yagiyana ad Ofer, they brought down to the earth. So as Rashi points out over here, you see in this passage, six different expressions of lowering down. Heishach, Yashpileno, Yashpilo ad Oretz, Yagiyena ad Ofer. See, these are six different locations that they went down. And Rav Yechenen says, and from there, from Tveria, from the lowest place, a sidden legal. That's from where the Yidden are going to be redeemed. Shenemar, as the Apostolic says, hisnari may offer. Shake yourself off from the dust. Kumi shvi, come and sit back in the place where you belong. Here there's another Takanah that Yecherem ben Zakai instituted. Shall fill Even if the Roj Bezdin is not found together with the Sanhedrin in the place where they all were. So we had before in the Gemara, if you remember, when they were Mekadosh to chaydish, it was the Reish Bezden that would say Mekudosh. So usually they don't have to wait for the Reish Bezden to be there. So Rabbi Yechon and Menzaka instituted, even if the Reish Bezden is not there, that the Edom that are coming to testify about the new moon do not have to follow around and find where the Reish Bezden is. They go to the place where all of the Bezden is sitting and over there they could be Mekadosh to chaydish. So the Gemara, ha there was an incident with this woman, the Ledina, that, that she was uh, summoned to the Bezdin. In front of Amemer. In the city of Nerdoi. But Amemer relocated to the city of Mukhuza. So she didn't follow him there to the city of Mukhuza. She didn't want to go after him there. So she didn't show up to the Dintayra. So Kosav Psiche Ilavo. So, Ameime went and wrote a document basically putting her into a form of a chaytim because she didn't come, she didn't show up to the dentator. Why did you do this? We learned in our Mishnah, if the rosh of the bezdin leaves the place where the bezdin is and he goes somewhere else, so the Edom don't have to follow him. The Edom only come to the place where the bezdin is sitting. So what he was saying was, what Ravashi was saying to should be the same thing with this woman. She doesn't have to follow you if you left to the city of uh, Nerda. So, or to the Mechuzah that is, she doesn't have to follow you. So Amame says, no, she does, it's not the same thing. This, that it says that Rabbi Yechim instituted that the Edom go where the Bezdin is, that's only there by, that, by those Edom. The Im came because if you're going to force them to go and follow the Reish Bezdin, so then in the future you're going to cause them to stumble. They're going to say, we're not going. We, we had a hard time finding the Reish Bezdin last time, we're not going again. So they have to know where to go to. But over here, this woman, so apparently she was summoned to a denteyre because she owed somebody money. So if so, a person that borrows money is like a slave for the one that lent you the money. And therefore if you owe money, you have to make it your business to show up to the dent wherever the denteyre is going to be. Even if it's in a place, in a city that the, the, the Reish Besnan left to a different city. The kainim, when they go to bench the Yidden of Birch's Kayinim, they're not allowed to wear their shoes. And the zoo echad mitesha This is one of the nine takonis that Rabbi Yechonem ben Zakai instituted. This is brought in the Gemara and cited. The Gemara there explains why they shouldn't be wearing the shoes. Point is, this is one of the other takonis that was not mentioned here that Rabbi Yechonem ben instituted. Now the Gemara will say, what are the nine takonis? Where do we find nine? So the Gemara is the high There are six that were mentioned right over here in this pedik. Right, so Rashi brings them, but we had uh, right over here, the, the different takhanas in this paddock, Right, You had the takhana of to uh, blowing the shayfar, that they blew the shayfar by the bezdin, and the luluv all seven days, and the yom hanef kule, which is asr, and that they accept Adam all, all, all day, and uh, that the edim ha- could go to the place of the, where the bezdin is, and this one that we just mentioned here, regarding the shoes. So we have over here six, right and the idoch. And then we have another one, the Tanya. We learned in the Braise, that it says Gershin is Gayer, a that becomes a Ger today. So then Shiyafrish Lakina. So the Brise said the Halacha that he has to put aside a coin, he has to put aside money for his carbon that he's going to have to bring when the Besamikdash is built, right? Because today there's really three things that a needs. He has to have Mila but also a carbon. But today he can't bring the carbon. So he puts aside the money for the carbon. That's what the Badajah said. Amr Ab Ben Alazas. Rab Ben said about this, Kvar Nimne Aleh, Rab Yechenen, Rab Yechenen already took account and he instituted, Ubitla, and he annulled this, that you put aside money for this. Why? Because it could come out of Takala, a person may use this money that's designated for a carbon. He may use it for his own private use. So therefore, he was mavatol this. So this is another takana <laughs> of Rabbi Yechon Ben Zakkai. Ve'idoch, and then the other one, an, another takana <laughs> of Rabbi Yechon Ben Zakkai plucked the Rav Papa and Rav Nachman by Yitzchok. So this is an argument between Rav Papa and Rav Nachman by Yitzchok. Uh, what, what they are. So, so far we had six and then another one and then the eight. So, here this is the ninth takana. So, what's the argument? Rav Papa, Rav Papa says the takana was kerem ravai, a takana regarding the vineyard in the fourth year, which the Gemara will explain. Rav Nachembe Yitzchak says, the takana of Rabbi Yecherem Ben Zakai was regarding this piece of thread that they used to put on Yom Kippur in the base of Mikdash, which the Gemara will explain. So the Gemara says as follows: Rav Papa, Makherem Revi. Rav Papa said, the Takanah of Rav and The ninth Takanah was regarding the vineyard on the fourth year. What is this all about? The Tanya or the Tnan, We learned in the Mishnah. So it says as follows: Kerem Revi, Haya Oilel Yerushalayim, Mahalach Yomim So what's the halacha of Karim Ravai? In the fourth year, you're supposed to bring up your produce. Over here we're talking about the vineyard. You're supposed to bring up the vineyard and eat it only in Yerushalayim. Now, what did people usually do? So there's the halacha that you could redeem it. You don't have to actually bring up the paytas. You redeem it and just bring up the money. However, Chachamim instituted that if you're within a day's distance of Yerushalayim, you should actually bring up the fruits and the vineyard to Yerushalayim. So mahalach yayim l'cholzad. That if you're just a distance of one day to any side of Yerushalayim, you should bring it up to Yerushalayim. And the Gemara was saying in the moment the reason for this. But what are what is here? The or the Mishnah tells us what's considered to be the place, which is a day distance of Yerushalayim. And the zuhi, and this is what it is. Zuhi this is the boundaries. A lot that is. Min Hatsafen, or the the, the, girse, the correct gears is supposed to be Min ad Eilat from the south that is. Vakravus Min ad or Min Hatsafen, Vakravus is on the north. Lud Min Amayrev, Lud is on the west of Yerushalayim. And Vyarden Min Amizrach, and Yarden on the Mizrach of Yerushalayim. So if you're in any of those areas, you're within a, a day's distance of Yerushalayim, you should bring up the grapes from the vineyard to Yerushalayim. Vomar Ulevi Tameh Rabbe Bar Uleum Rab Matam, what's the reason why they wanted that you should bring it to Yerushalayim and not redeem it? In order to beautify the the marketplaces of Yerushalayim, that it should be filled with fruits. So therefore, if you're close enough, you should bring it to Yerushalayim. And then we learned in Yezer had a vineyard, which was Mizrach of Lud, meaning it was within a day to Yerushalayim. It was on this side of this village called Kvar Tebi. Now, because it was close enough that it has to be brought to Yerushalayim, but he couldn't bring it, so he wanted to make it Hefke for poor people, that they should bring it to Yerushalayim. So they told Rabel Yezer, uh, his students, Rabbi Yez's students, told him, Rebbe, our Rebbe, Kvar Nimnu, Olov, your students, uh, again, your, your Chaverech, that is, your colleagues, already took account uh, regarding this, that you're supposed to bring it to Yerushalayim, and they said that it does not have to be brought to Yerushalayim anymore. And who is this? Man Chavirecha. Who is the friend of Rabbi Yezer? Rabbi Yechenim Ben-Zakkai. This is Rabbi Yechenim ben Zakkai. So therefore Rabbi Yechenim Ben-Zakkai instituted basically after the Churbin, there was no point anymore in bringing up the fruits to Yerushalayim, that the marketplaces should be filled with the fruits. So therefore this is the ninth takon of Rabbi Yechenim Ben-Zakkai. Said, shal the ninth of Rabiqa refers to the thread The In the beginning they used to tie this thread, a red thread, outside of the opening of the Ulam. So, Hilbin, if it became white after they threw down they saw it from the soil from the Azazel, so if it became white, So, this was a sign that Abishah the forgave their sins and they were happy. Loy Hilbin, if they did not become white, They were sad. So what happened was people were sad on Yom Kippur. So therefore, hiskinu shi'akaysh na'isal pesacholamibafnim. So they instituted instead of it being tied outside and people will be sad on Yom Kippur, let's tie it on the inside so people won't see. So they won't be sad on Yom Kippur. But v'adaynoi metzitzim They would still peek and look inside based on mikdash to see. And if it was white they were happy. and if it was not white they were sad. So Hiskino, finally they instituted that they did not anymore tie it in the base of Mikdash, but rather they had the thread. Where would they tie it? The kain or this person actually, that went and took the soy the goat, to throw it down from the Azazel, so half he tied on the horn of the goat itself, and the other half he tied on the rock there on the mountain. But they did not tie it in the base of Mikdosh, So they only found out whether it became white after Yom Kippur was over. So they did not come sad on Yom Kippur. So according to Rav Nachman B'Yitzchak, who was Masak in this? Rav Yechonim Mezakai. This is the ninth Takon of Rav Yechonim Mezakai. So according to Rav Nachman B'Yitzchak, my time. Why did Rav Nachman B'Yitzchak not want to say like the opinion of Rav Pope that the ninth takkana of Rav Yechonim Mezakai was regarding bringing up the grapes to Yerushalayim? That he annulled that. O Maloch, so, Halanzi will tell you because Yisulk Adaytach Rabbi Yechonim Ben Zakai. If you're going to say that that takana was made through Rabbi Yechonim Ben Zakai, Chavedov, of Rabbi Yeze, Mihave, Rabbi Yechonim Ben Zakai was a colleague, he was a friend to Rabbi Yeze, Rabbi Have, he was his Rebbe. How did Rabbi Yeze's students tell him that your colleague annulled this to bring the fruits? He wasn't a colleague, he was his Rebbe. But the other opinion of Papa says, even the Talmidim Havu, Since this was Rabbi Yeza's Talmidim that were talking to him, it's not customary. It's not to talk to your teacher and tell your teacher about what your teacher taught you. Oh, you know, your teacher taught you so and so. It's not So therefore, they use the term that it was his Kali, even though he really was his teacher. Rav Papa my time Rav Papa, why did he not want to say like Rav Nachman by Yitzchak That this takonah of the thread in the base of Mikdosh that he should not put it there was through Rabbich al Mazakai. So he's gonna answer you and tell you as follows. If that takana was Rabbi Ech Ben-Zakai, it can't be. Because Rabbi Ech ben Mazakai was too young at that point. As it says there, be but Rav but Rabychan ben zakai. Me have a Lashon in the days, in the times of Rabbi and Mezakai, was there this issue with the Lashon Shal that sometimes it would turn white, sometimes it would not turn white. In the times of Rabbi and Mezakai, this already did not happen. But because because Vaanye, we learned Nebrasa as follows: Callall Schnnaisov of Ye Zakai the entire lifetime of Ye Mezai. How old was he? May Vessumhanana. 120 years. Memshona, Asabi Pragmatya. 40 years he was in business. Then mem shana lamad another forty years he learned taida and then mem shana and another forty years he taught taida and vetanya and we learned in mem shana kaidim shenachrav abayis already for the last forty years before the base of was destroyed lehoya lashen shal zaharis malbin this thread never became red. So this whole thing we spoke about before, sometimes it became red, sometimes white that is, sometimes it did not become white. That's not within the thir- the, the, the last 40 years. The last 40 years of the Khorbin, it never happened. mAdam, it was always red. Now, when did Rabbi Ek al Mazaki make his taqanas? In what time period? Utnan, we learned before, Meshachara Vabayez, Rabbi and That Rabbi Mazakai, some of his taqanis, or that were all the ones that we learned before, they were after the Khorbin. In other words, the year or two, in the first year or two after the korban, that's when Rabbi Mezzaqai makes his taqanis. So if Rabbi is making his taqanis after the korban of the Basamikdosh, so this means that he was making his taqanis in the last time in the end, even if it was after the Khurban Abayas, and there was some that he made before the Chorben Abayas, but it was certainly within the last 40 years of the Khurban Beis HaMikdash, which is a time period when it never turned white at all. So it can't be that this Takana that we said before was one of Yechireh ben Zakkai. But Rav Nachman Yitzchak's opinion is, those 40 years where he was still learning, and he was like a student that was sitting in front of his teacher. So even though he was still a student, but for Omar Milse, he said something, and the point that he said was accepted by his teacher. His teacher, I believe, was Hilal Azakin and he accepted what he said, and And therefore when he, his teacher, instituted it, he instituted it in his name. See, even though he was still younger, this was the 40 years that we were still learning as a student, but nevertheless it was instituted on his name, and therefore this was, he was also the one that brought up this idea not to put the thread there in the base of Mikdash so people should not be sad on Yom Kippur.